0: are we doing this really wait for it are we doing this wait for it wow what the fuck w-t-f. and it's also eh, what the fuck what's wrong with me it's time for wtf what the fuck with mark Maron. all right let's do this how are you you know what you know what i'm not going to do the whole intro because i need you to pay attention to me for just one second i know some of you may be in the habit of fast-forwarding or moving up towards the interview, but I need your help. The medium of podcasting needs your help. There's something I need you to look into. There's some action I need you to take. Look, I haven't talked about politics in a long time, and right now, I'm not talking about partisan politics. This is a non-partisan issue that affects me personally right now, some other podcasters personally right now, podcasting in general, and many people in a lot of different areas of the tech industry. I don't know if you know what a patent troll is. Do you know what a patent troll is? Can I tell you what a patent troll is in, in a general way? A patent troll basically uses patents as legal re- weapons, all right? Instead of actually creating anything or, or making any products or coming up with any new ideas, what these trolls do, they, they are basically in the business of litigation or threatening litigation. And the way this works is patent litigation is very expensive. It could cost millions of dollars. This means that when someone is attacked by a troll, either being sued or bullied or muscled, uh, when they are faced with the cost of litigation, they'll just settle and not fight. And this makes the patent troll stronger. So the reason I'm telling you this is that podcasters are under attack from a patent troll called Personal Audio. Personal audio claims to own a patent that covers basically all of podcasting. It's a very broad patent. This is not unusual. Broad patents like these are are very common these days. And unfortunately, they, they fall into the hands of these patent trolls. And as I told you, they're just companies that don't sell anything. They're in the extortion business. They extort money from businesses, from individuals, by demanding licensing fees, and, uh, you know, those are obviously cheaper than litigating a, a case in court. Now, some of you know, Adam Carolla is being sued by this company. There are other people's being sued by this company. Uh, some people, some podcasters have, uh, have received uh, letters inviting them, quote unquote, to license their patent. It's a problem because it not only is it extortion... But it threatens everybody. I mean, President Obama said that patent trolls are those who do not, quote, do not produce anything themselves, unquote, and are, quote, trying to leverage and hijack someone else's idea and see if they can extort some money out of them, unquote. It's a big problem for app developers. Uh, Some of them have been targeted. And so have cafes and public spaces that that have free Wi-Fi. It's scary shit. Because when this kind of stuff happens, especially to us, especially to people who are you know, working out of their garage or you who are trying to start your podcast, that all of a sudden this company, this troll company is going to shake you down to extort money from you and they're legally fortified to do it. It's scary. And it's happening. And it's now happening to podcasters. Now, here's what I need your help with right now. I may need more help later. We'll see. But this is something that we can all do actively and actually engage and use our government that is there to protect us. Two members of Congress, Representative Peter DeFazio, is a Democrat out of Oregon, and Representative Jason Schaffetz, Republican out of Utah, just introduced legislation that would make life a lot harder for patent trolls. Now the bill is called the Shield Act and it would require patent trolls to pay the other side's costs and fees when they lose. We need to make the troll business model less attractive so companies like Personal Audio leave podcasters alone. This is a good thing. This is a step in the right direction. And this is something you can help us on. I support this legislation and I feel like if you can do anything for me right now and for, for podcasting in general is go to slash uh, shield eff e f as in frank f as in frank.org/shield to contact your representative and tell them to make the shield act law everything is there for you to do make it very easy it's a very easy thing to do and it would help out it would be a step in the right direction because this thing is going to kill us. It's going to kill a lot of technology. It's a scary, fucked up bit of business. Just go to EFF.org slash shield. And all the information will be there for you to, to, to find out what you, how you can do this. It's very easy. And if you really if you want to learn more about patent trolls, I highly recommend Ira Glass's uh, This American Life episode, which is called When Patents Attack. Because this is uh, an evil business. It's a wrong-minded and wrong-hearted business. It's predatory. It's it's coercive and bullying, and it's fucking real. And they've got an edge on the little guy like me, or even you, or anybody who wants to be part of this business. Scary shit. So if you can, help us out. Podcasters. Not just me. I'll let you know more as, as things unfold, but I appreciate it. Uh, Sorry about the tone, but sometimes it has to get serious in a big way and we all have to be on the same page here. Oh my God. How are you what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? what the fucking ears? What the fuck Nicks? Thanks for being here. I have a great show for you planned and I'd like to keep doing this show. Uh, Daryl Lennox is my uh, guest. He's a comedian with a very interesting story. Talk about adversity, you know dealing with uh, with sort of ongoing progressive blindness. And also dealing with his own ego, and uh, he's a great comic. He's a great guy. It's a great story, and I hope you, I hope you enjoy the talk I had with him. <laughs> I feel like my tone is all wow. I haven't, I haven't been there in a while, but this is real stuff, man. <laughs> it's real stuff. You know what I'm saying? Now, can I do some business? I don't. Yeah, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to lighten it up a little bit. Uh, what day is today? Thursday, right? I'm going to be in Portland, Oregon at the Aladdin Theater tonight. I'm going to be at the Neptune Theater in Seattle tomorrow. Sorry about Eugene, but uh, something came up. Um, I will get back into that area at some other point in time. I will be there. I will be there eventually. I can say that. I don't think I talked to you about the Oscars. I, how is the Oscars so loaded? How does that become so loaded? How is everybody freaking out? Seth did a fine job. I enjoyed some of the song and dance numbers. Maybe the William Shatner thing went on a little too long. But it was interesting to see a guy that didn't really have those kind of chops in terms of hosting. So he brought a kind of organic and almost uh, endearing quality to it. You could tell his sort of passion for for song and dance. I thought his jokes were good. I I found it much more compelling. Like it matters. Like Like the fucking Oscars matter at all. I watch him because I fucking like to watch movie stars. I've always liked to watch movie stars. But it's been almost unwatchable because of its tediousness. But I thought it was a little uh, a little electricity this year. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Jess and I are fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, I love her. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, my God. She's sitting right across from me. Right over there. Oh, my God, folks. I appreciate your attention, those of you who stayed with me. And uh, I want nothing more than to keep doing this show. I want nothing more than to, you know, to fight the good fight here. I need you guys to help out, as I said earlier. So I'll repeat it again. EFF.org slash SHIELD. Go there, and they they make it very easy to contact your representative in support of the SHIELD Act. It's going to be important to you. This shit's gonna come down on all of us somehow or another. It's a predatory business. Okay, let's talk to Daryl Lennox. <laughs> Daryl Lennox, long time, man.
1: I know it's been a long, long time.
0: I think the last time, what was in, uh, was it Vancouver or Montreal? What was that when when we had the standoff on the debaters? That's where we first met, and yeah, and
1: uh, you uh, greeted me into comics. and that oh, that's had a, right. had a big impact on me. did it? Yes, it did.
0: you uh, that's right, you opened for me, and that was fun. yeah. when I met you in Canada, was it, it surprised me that uh, I mean, you were a Canadian comic. You lived up there, didn't you? Yeah, I was American. I'm American, but You're I right. lived there for eleven years, yeah. Well, how did that, how the hell did that, well, what, why'd you run away, Daryl? What, <laughs> <laughs> what, what made you leave the
1: States? Uh, I married... Uh... A lady Uh in LA. Uh And uh, she was uh, from a particular part of the world that doesn't take any horse shit. Uh uh, Rhymes with Misreal. And uh, she called me in a bunch of bullshit. I deserved it. And she uh, threatened to kill me uh, evening at the improv, have me assassinated, I mean, shot and whatnot. And so then she called all the bookers that I had in my books. And told him that I was a liar and a con man and an asshole, and uh, so then I was like, I got no place to go, so I had whoa, one.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, back up, man. Hey, man,
1: listen, you. <laughs> that, that sounds like a fucking rich story. Listen, I've been I've been trying to tell you this story for a long time, Mark. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so you're just a young comic. How old are you, man? I was
1: 27 at
0: the time. And where'd you move? You so you started comedy in in, in, Los Seattle. Indiana, in started Seattle. In Seattle, Seattle, yeah now? Why'd you end up in Seattle? How did you grow up there?
1: No, my uh, my father lived in Seattle, uh, and I wanted to meet him, so I moved from Vegas after I graduated from high school to find him in Seattle. I played a little college basketball up there.
0: So, Wait, so you grew up in Las Vegas? Yeah. I guess we better we better start there because uh, I didn't know anybody grew up in Vegas. Wait, so your mom ended up in Vegas? Yeah, my mom, uh,
1: my I'm a matriarch. They all moved to Vegas from Arkansas. And yeah. My mom had me and my sister in Vegas.
0: And your dad wasn't around?
1: My dad was uh, in the Air Force, went to Vietnam, came back a little crazy. And then he moved to Seattle uh, and started his, uh, he became a a pimp and a drug dealer. And so my mom chased him up there with me and my two sisters. And then he didn't like them there, so she went back to Vegas
0: with us. And then I went chasing after him when I was 18. How old are you, man? 46. All right, so your old man was in Vietnam. He flew in Vietnam. Yeah. And he came back not in good shape. Right. Right. And then, uh, and then he he just took off. How old were you then? Uh three. So you had no idea who he was. No. And then you uh, you decided to track him down. At what age?
1: Uh, I I called him when I was sixteen. Uh, I got a basketball scholarship letter. Yeah. And then I called him, and he told me that he was living in Seattle, and told me that he was a PIMP. And I said, Well, I want to come visit you. So I went and visited him. Uh, when I was seventeen, uh-huh. and then uh, and then when I was eighteen, I went to go get him for good.
0: Go get him. Go get him. Yeah. Now, so you go up there. You're 16. Your dad tells you he's a pimp. Yeah. Now, what is your first reaction? Like, well, that sounds good. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, the, I just <laughs> I just learned what nepotism meant, so yeah. I thought I might be able to get in on some of that. <laughs>
0: I know. Maybe he needs an assistant. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it can be a Lennox and yeah. Sons
1: yeah. Uh, prostitution. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to help me deal with girls, I was so miserable at them. I thought I'd, I must need some new tricks or something.
0: So, <laughs> so maybe my old man can help yeah. me. He seems to have this under control. Yeah. Yeah. So you go up there, and what you know? What was that environment like? I mean, you're seventeen. and uh, and, and, you know you just what what was that world like was it chaotic was it scary I mean was he uh, strung out or anything
1: it was very very different compared to being with my mom and, and, and at this now four sisters and my grandma it was a very strong matriarch and I just hated 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 all the women in my life and I was Real nerdy dude, and I was a basketball player, so girls just shit on me at any given chance. And, and you so, were
0: you were surrounded by women at home, yeah. And you couldn't get you couldn't get over at, out in the world, right? So you figure old man would help you out.
1: So I go there, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd never seen uh, a man have that much control over everybody in the room. I mean, guys were just sitting there waiting for him to say something, and women were just fawning over him and and bringing him whatever he wanted and bringing him cash. And, and I'd never seen that before.
0: So he was holding court. Yeah. And uh, was he happy to see you? He was uh, first weird, proud
1: that he had had a son, and and then I was, you know, pretty good athlete and stuff. But then he realized that I had no man skills. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything. Uh, He sent me a, he he was a big drug deal going on. He wanted me to to get out of the house. He asked if I knew how to drive.
0: Yeah. I lied. No,
1: I know how to drive. (laughs) So he gave me a whack of cash. Yeah. And I I drove and ran into a bus in Seattle. (laughs) <laughs> Smacked the shit out of a bus. Which is yeah.
0: not—that's not good news for a pimp drug dealer. No,
1: nope, no. Nope. When
0: they're like, "Where's your dad at?" Exactly.
1: I'm uh-huh. um, doing the drug deal, so I had to call him. And I'm sitting in the back. You had drugs place. in
0: the car or you were going to pick up.
1: He was—I I don't he, know where he was at. No, I mean, but when
0: you were, when you got in the accident, you just had cash. You didn't have yeah. drugs? No,
1: no, no, just cash. I yeah. just had a cash just to you know fuck around with. Yeah, it. and then uh so he came up there and. uh cussed me out in front of the police officers and everybody and tell uh-huh. me, if you didn't know how to drive, why'd you say you know how to drive? Right. Uh, and I just, I was a nuisance for him. Uh, I had a, met some girl who gave me a stolen calling card and I was too lazy to go call from the phone, pay phone, like she said, so I called from his house. So now the FBI is calling Mr. Pimp, drug dealer, saying, why is this, these. <laughs> lines, now just calls coming from your uh your house and so
0: I was I was just a nuisance to him so in Seattle what what neighborhood was that that was on Beacon Hill and he was like what was he like running street hookers or was he was nah, it a phone business he was pretty smart man yeah. so he
1: had him put up in the high-end hotels and with all them knockout drops and all that sort of stuff and he uh-huh. had some on the streets and he had you know he had escort service he was running in Anchorage Alaska so he was in the game <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's it. So where's he now?
1: He's back in Seattle now. He's my biggest fan. Yeah? He, we are the best of friends. He's my biggest fan.
0: Man. He's back in Seattle? Where'd he go?
1: To jail. That's where people go <laughs> when you do that sort of stuff.
0: <laughs> Caught up with him?
1: Caught up with him, man. Yeah. And check this. So listen to this. So at the time, when my life was changing. His life was changing. Yeah. And the divorce and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I was in a hotel doing some triple one nighters, and my wife had told me this is right after earthquake in Northridge, right. And she's like, you know, you're an asshole, and da 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 da. And then this is his Israeli wife, yeah, yeah. And she, uh, so I she rings me out on the phone. I'm watching TV, and then I see my old man almost wanted. He was making a run from from the feds.
0: No, yeah, come on, yeah,
1: dude. He was running from a he helicopter. No, he was they, you know, they, they put you on, okay, America's most wanted. We're right. looking for this guy right here. So. Oh, so
0: so they didn't catch him,
1: they caught him eventually, but he was running.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So right when his life, my life was changing and then I saw he was on there, I was like, oh, man.
0: We're both going through it. Yeah. So, okay. So when did you start comedy?
1: I started comedy uh, October. First time I ever got on stage, October of uh, 88, open mic, Comedy Underground. I remember that place. Good club.
0: They, they sure. want me uh, back, by the way. They want me back? They want you back. I mean, mm-hmm. but I love that room. I loved it Ron Reed and uh, yeah. and John Fox and I certainly have a history. So you grew up doing, you came in, you came up doing John Fox gigs. Yeah, man. So you had to deal with that insanity. I was,
1: uh, I was young and so it was all great, man. It was great to see you guys come in. It's, it was the best comedy community in the country for me to see all the san francisco guys la guys everybody across the country would come and work that club
0: everybody loved that club it was like one of those uh, it was a organic space you know it was in the basement had the Mm -hmm. low ceilings you had the bar upstairs and uh you always like it was one of those rooms where people were like yeah it doesn't pay well but it's fucking great Mm -hmm. you know you'd go and then you'd have to do that other gig sometimes was that island gig where you was there one uh you do the comedy underground. Then you, Didn't you drive up to do the something parrot or something? No, it was in a mall. Elephant. Elephant and
1: Castle in Bellingham.
0: Yeah, the Elephant and Castle in Bellingham. Yeah. That horrible pub in that mall. Yep. And that weird, it wasn't a good stage situation. You know, people were sitting behind you. Yeah. Yeah yeah and yeah. The, and then there was another gig i thought i went to not in, it wasn't in bellingham but i thought i actually had to take a boat to a gig once probably like over to bremerton at the yeah the base. bremerton yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like a, yeah it was at a weird bar it was with tony kameen yeah. and then there was another gig in uh that was part of this run there was the one on the island and, and then you would go to warsaw idaho or not warsaw but moscow idaho. moscow idaho oh yeah, man whoa shit and then you come back all you'd be looking forward to was doing the goddamn the underground yeah <laughs> you feel like, like in one week you paid all the dues necessary <laughs> but that run to moscow idaho that was like six hours or something yeah. wasn't it yeah and that did you do that gig of course i did dude i met a fucking racist fuck like some dude sat me down after i did that gig and uh and uh was uh he, he literally was, he had just gotten out of jail some white guy and he was going through. He was trying to tell me, like, "Hey, you're really funny. Let me tell you about this area." So he's breaking it down, mm-hmm. and then uh, somehow or another, he brought up Jews. Like, you know, like he was like, you know, I, you know, I fucking hate Jews. And he's like, "You're not a Jew, are you?" And of course, in that moment, I said, "No, nah, hell no, I fucking <laughs> <laughs> Jews. Fuck the Jews." Uh, but, but it was uh, very white and very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Idaho's scary, right? Like Coeur d'Alene, Moscow,
1: all that stuff was right over there. Moscow tried to be the hip college part of the uh, this state. Yeah, but, right,
0: right. But yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that, yeah, like that worked. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so now you're doing the fucking thing. Now, when did you start losing the eyes? Uh, they've always been really, really bad. Uh, but you can
1: still play ball? Yep, still play ball, just bigger contact than a normal person should have to wear. Yeah. Then I detached a couple of retinas and stuff. But then uh, I lost the sight in the left eye and. About 97, I think. Yeah? Yeah. And then the right one just started to deteriorate. But I got them stable now.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Did you get surgery? Did you get any of the, they fix it from the inside?
1: They, uh, they could nothing do with the left one except straighten it out. Uh, it'll always be blind. In the right one, I had some cataracts and a corneal scratch on there. And they fixed that. Uh,
0: now, what, was that just a, a genital or not genital, a uh, uh, genetic? <laughs> uh thing or what have you? you just i'm the only one with bad eyes in the family uh they're
1: just born really really uh with a elongated myopic eyes uh-huh. to, to an exaggerated sense and then uh if you, you can't correct that yeah other than with glasses and right it doesn't do anything so the my optic nerves are a little stretched out and retina's still stretched out because of the way my eyes shaped and yeah. so they just get you know
0: yeah beat up so when your dad was in prison i mean what was that how long was he in for
1: uh three different occasions four years on one and then a couple more yeah. all together i think it's been about 11 years
0: and you did you go up there and shoot no 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 no. no. really nah i don't want to go to prison i don't
1: want to visit him <laughs> so you never went over no why
0: because you're afraid that you might not be able to leave or what Or just some just...
1: stuff i just think you're not supposed to see
0: <laughs> one uh, of them's your dad in yeah, prison yeah
1: i mean i i'm Dude, I'm delusional. Yeah. I, have the, I have pictures in my head that I want to stay the way they are. And right. I love the fact that I have a father and I had a relationship with him, even though he was, you know, not the most morally upright guy, but I didn't want to see him in prison.
0: Yeah, it would have been too heartbreaking. Yeah, I
1: mean, I don't want to change that picture in my head.
0: So now, when you... Okay, so you start doing comedy in Seattle, you're watching the guys come through... Uh, down there in the underground. I don't I don't know if I remember meeting you. Did I ever meet you back when you were starting out?
1: No, nah, I was a quiet guy. I would just stare back and stare at everybody.
0: Oh, would, yeah, in the I back would, of the room yeah, there?
1: I would never come up and introduce anybody. I didn't think I had anything to say to anybody, so i just watch and watch and learn and learn.
0: Yes, because I went up there quite a few times, I remember. Yeah. And then, uh, all right, so when did you start actually gigging? Did you do the festival up there? Did the competition. And you, did you place all right?
1: Uh, the first year took it uh brutally hard uh, and then the next year That's I thought funny. I was ready to win yeah uh, and then made the semi so I made the semi the second time I did it
0: those competitions are the fucking worst man and and then you like you know with John running them I never knew what the fuck was going on I did the San Francisco one twice and just watching those numbers and seeing them post that shit is the same thing with that one where they have those judges and you didn't know who the fuck they were and they post those stupid numbers on the wall and you'd be like how the fuck did that happen what does that number mean <laughs> just a bunch of comics and you're watching guys like starting to lose their mind oh the snaps says were the best aren't they oh dude I saw Shang I saw Shang fucking lose it yeah <laughs> Shang was serious with Shangri (laughs) at the San Francisco Comedy Competition. He just fucking come unraveled. And then some dudes would just crack under the pressure, oh, you know, because it was like it was like, I don't know what the Seattle one was, but I think the the San Francisco one was like four fucking weeks. Man. Yeah. It was like a month of bullshit. It's,
1: Seattle's the same way. I saw a mime lose it. He was just getting crushed because everybody that does it thinks I'm going to win. Nobody right. goes in thinking they're not going to win. Right. So a mime came in just got waxed for six nights in a row and the seventh night at the Elephant and Castle, yeah. there was a beach chair, a lifeguard chair, on the gig, and so he climbed on top of the beach chair yeah. with the microphone and started talking. We're like, "Holy fuck, the mime's yeah. talking!" <laughs> so he goes in this long dissertation about how mime is a true art form and comedy. Oh and, and of course, he goes long, yeah. so he did like thirty. and Everybody's like, "Wow!" And Then he climbs off the mic. He climbs off the, the beach chair and leaves the mic on the fucking chair, <laughs> way up there. <laughs> yeah the fuck was there a beach chair doing there dude it was was elephant cows it's a stupid gig that
0: was the worst thing about the festival is that they like fox had all those relationships with all these rooms some of them were better than others and you'd be like you know you know so much depended on it because there was money to be won and there was also gigs to be won and then you'd have to perform in these fucking horrible things like what, what like i'm trying to remember it started out with like 40 comics right yeah the first week was 40, and then the second week it was 20, yeah. and then the third week it was 10, yeah. and then the last week it was 5. Right? God damn it. It was hard. God, remember when people used to snap? I wish I would have seen that mime snap. I used to love that oh, shit. Oh,
1: we would all wait for it to happen because we knew it was going to happen. <laughs>
0: Someone was going to go. Yeah.
1: But you know what? Back then, though, man, I, I think it was, uh, even though it was weird and sometimes suspect, it was the only way you could kind of move up or prove yourself.
0: What to lose it?
1: To no to to do well in those competitions, right? Because that was before. Right,
0: you had to get on the map a little bit. You yeah, had to get on
1: the map a little and, bit and
0: get the fuck out. Yeah, you know, like with the yeah with San Francisco. I mean, I, the first year I, I did, I came in like thirteenth or something. Then I did another year and I came in second. I was really good at coming in second. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm really good at coming in second. I man. came in second in the in the Boston, but then it just comes down to like weird. The weird thing was is that I I know on that last set that that alzaraqui had me there was no yeah there, yeah it was just it was his night there's that's a horrible feeling when you're like you do your set and you're like ah fuck wasn't my night man <laughs> wasn't my night yeah oh ray james you remember ray james i remember him yeah, yeah. well he's a, you know he's a writer now but it was uh, at the san francisco comedy competition he knew he was finished and uh, it was outdoors at a winery. There's like two thousand people in an outdoor theater. Mm-hmm. And Ray just comes up. he's like, "Well, I don't know, I'm gonna try some new stuff." And he pulls out a piece of paper <laughs> and he just does this fucking open mic set, and he goes like five or six minutes long. It was beautiful. We were upset about it, but it was it's
1: beautiful, still funny.
0: yeah, Hedberg was on that show when yeah. he was just Mitch he right. wasn't Mitch Headberg, just, just Mitch, Mitch. yeah was he up in Seattle for a yeah, while? Yeah, he sure was. Yeah. he lived up there yeah he did yeah I think I just talked to Lynn about that were you guys buddies yeah you know what he actually came to the apartment
1: uh, and, and asked uh, some advice because uh, the agents back then were telling him that he should cut his hair so he could uh-huh. be more corporate vibe and I was like you don't cut
0: your fucking hair dude <laughs> I don't can't I imagine can. Mitch yeah. going like hey uh. yeah. <laughs> Rock, rocking his head <laughs> back and forth rolled up sleeves on know. his suit Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's the right thing to do yeah. but uh, alright so when did you start to actually working? When did you decide to, to move down to LA? How old were you? Uh,
1: I thought I was ready pretty quick pretty quickly like what, I what um, two years in yeah two years in <laughs> two years and i was ready i got uh i
0: got this man yeah, i had it yeah uh,
1: i learned how to do a callback uh-huh. and how to get a laugh within the first 30 seconds that's all you need is a callback and can you get a laughs per minute formula down
0: but the callback is like the greatest trick in the world oh, like, you know audiences think you're a wizard I if know. you just like oh my god that's from the joke from before oh, he, know. they um, love that
1: they were incredible and i would do them fast too yeah i mean i get the fastest callbacks ever <laughs> one joke and call it back right away right away
0: it's weave them in and out <laughs> yeah. they really are you know always impressed with that yeah i don't really do it enough i don't really plan to do it but it happens organically sometimes That's but, best. but yeah they think that it's like oh my god he's uh, i don't know why it's so impressive it's fun <laughs> when you know it's gonna work you know what i mean yeah so, right, right, two years in, you moved to Two LA. years,
1: I head to uh L.A. I got an evening at the improv right away, so that, of course, made me, you know, ready.
0: So you go down to Santa Monica Improv, to mm-hmm. do your big TV spot, yep. Bud's there. Bud's there. Room full of dummies. Yeah, Pat Who, Paulson hosted. Pat Paulson. Pat Paulson. Did he yeah. you get your name right and shit? Oh, yeah. So how'd that go for you?
1: Uh, it went uh, great. I think the set, I thought, did well, but, uh, man, I was such a jacked-up dude in the head back then. I was expecting, you know, somebody to come and get me as soon as i got off stage and risk sure. me off
0: that's right here's yeah. your mansion this yeah. is the movie you'll be starring that's, in you know that's, and uh here's your choice of women that's what i thought <laughs>
1: that's what i was ready
0: for and you got handed your ass didn't you did i ever yeah, yeah. that first run into la man it's uh well, well what, what ended up happening
1: uh it was all to my own doings yeah uh, so i i just thought it was supposed to you know my time i was destined for this thing and then uh
0: and I had, man, I'm a... How much time did you have? Like a half hour? Are you twenty? Yeah, about a half You hour. couldn't headline yet? No. <laughs> Thought I could, but I could
1: stay up there as long as you needed me to. <laughs> so. That's
0: what you learned doing those road gigs, man. Yeah, those one-nighters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where mm-hmm. are you from, man?
1: Yep. <laughs> 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 Trying to sneak in a street joke, pretending like yeah. you just wrote it. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was me. Yeah. I got in big trouble, man. I, uh... I wanted it so bad. This is all part of my my legacy in Seattle. It's an ugly one. But uh, I wanted it bad, dude. I just wanted to make it. And so I read all those self-help books and visualized it and stuff. And so this is when uh, Greenstein was the biggest agent in the world. And uh, so I wrote him a letter after nothing happened in L.A. and said, from this moment on, I'm going to consider you my agent, and I'm going to act accordingly. So I sent it and uh, acted on the faith and all that
0: sort of nonsense. Did he write you back? Of course not. Why would he? So you just decided with yeah. your positive thinking That's right. that you're going to put this guy in the spot. What was his first name? I remember that guy. Rick. Was
1: he a Gersh? or Rick Greenstein was at William Morris at the time.
0: So, okay, so he, yeah, nothing,
1: huh? Fired a letter, nothing. And so, but I didn't care because I thought this is all part of the manifestation process. So you were delusional. I told you that about 15 minutes no, ago. No, I know
0: that, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize the degree of it. So you, you so. Oh. So you were still in Seattle when you wrote that letter. This was before you did evening no, at the improv. No, no, improm- this is
1: after my- oh, you did evening at the improv, and I wrote went it. Back. I no, this is literally after the taping. I okay. hung around L.A. waiting for somebody to come find me where I was and get me, and so I wrote the letter while I was in L.A.
0: But you wouldn't move down here yet. Not,
1: not move down here yet. Yeah, I right. So then okay. I sent the letter off, yeah. and then I went back to Seattle, and I thought it was just going to be okay until somebody asked me what happened. And I just said, I I got Rick Greenstein as an agent. And they were like, what? So then it came, went from visualization to a lie. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then. But you believed it? I believed that it was going to happen.
0: But did you, like, when you were lying, did you know you were lying? Were you just, was it a waiting game? You yeah, you
1: know, I, it, my plan was eventually he's going to write me back or eventually he would just hear of me and then everything will be right in the long run.
0: So it would all fall into place. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: All right, so what yeah. happened? So you go out and you start lying in Seattle. Oof, yeah, yeah. And what happened? How uh, how how that a uh, fuck you?
1: Uh, Comic commits fraud appeared in the in the newspapers. Uh,
0: but what? But just by just saying it?
1: No, no, because then everybody got excited because I was a young kid that all of a sudden was on even at the improv and had a hot agency, William Morris and stuff, and so then then suddenly I was ready to
0: headline. Yeah. Uh, and so I just yeah, hey, all right. So you got all this momentum, like momentum. The, the local bookers are like oh, no, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's he's the hot he's, kid now. Yeah, because yeah, Greenstein's on board and everything, mm-hmm. so they're starting mm-hmm. to book you. Yeah. And then uh, who, who 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 broke that story, Daryl?
1: I broke. Uh, well, then uh, I uh, got into a, too much heat of uh, I can't keep coming up with this horseshit as I so somehow I figured Arsenio Hall would bail me out if I wrote him a letter. huh. So I wrote him a letter. And he did not respond. (laughs) What
0: what was that letter?
1: uh, Dear Arsenio, I am in serious trouble. I told everybody. <laughs> Rick Greenstein's is my agent. I know your father's a preacher, and I'm standing on this this biblical verse, Mark 11 23. It's about faith. And here's a picture of me playing basketball and an autograph Who just been your Charles Barkley. Please put me on your show soon. And
0: this is a handwritten letter. Hand
1: fucking, yeah. Put it in a
0: manila envelope, the picture. No, what? I wasn't a rookie. I
1: had stationery, dude. Come on. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, you sent that off. This was your Hail Mary pass. This is it, man. This is it.
1: So, nothing happened. So, Mm -hmm. I told everybody, uh, yeah, I got to go do our sending on March 15th.
0: Oh, so you went ahead and- Oh, yeah. 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 It was only a matter of time before you got back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were fucking nuts, dude.
1: all in. Yes. Bananas crazy. Yeah. So, I come down here on some miles and I just sit in an apartment- uh, and uh, with a friend of mine, and uh, and then a phone rings, and uh, it's uh, a lady named Roberta Pin. Never yeah. forget her from Seattle Times. Right. She, she says, "Did you say you're going to be in Arsenio? Yeah. You yeah, were William Morris." And I was like, "Yeah, no comment." Yeah. So then that story came out, and then I was I was persona non grata in Seattle. Felt so enchained of a bear to myself.
0: Oh my God! So you just you're like you could no longer go home. No. Now why why do you think that? Uh... That woman, I mean, what drove her to that story? I mean, why, why'd she? You know, I always wonder about that. Somebody must have tipped her off to some shit. Yeah, I know who it was. Oh, you do? Yeah, he was a comic friend. A friend? Yeah. Do you still friends with that guy?
1: We we reconciled. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, he kind of had it coming. Wait, wait, in the sense that. Uh, how did you take that a- assault? Because on some level, was he doing it out of jealousy or-, or out of friendship? I mean, was he concerned for your sanity and said, let's help this guy out and take him down? Or was he like, he's fucking lying. Fuck that big guy.
1: Uh, I don't know. You asked him to speculate on his thought process. Well, he
0: speculated about the future of your fucking career in well, show yeah, business. That was <laughs> mine,
1: though. <laughs> I'll tell you what he told me afterwards. He yeah. said "He said after, he said, we were just young and we, both, we made mistakes. You made that mistake. By doing that, and he goes, I made a mistake by doing what I did.
0: So that's what he said. And you guys are cool. Yeah. All right, so now you can't go back to Seattle. Mm -hmm. What, you're sleeping on some friend's couch in Los Angeles? Nope. I uh, decided this was
1: before uh, foreclosures and whatnot happened, so I just stayed in this apartment until I had a gig in Phoenix at the Last Laugh. Remember that shit club?
0: Sure. You owned a house in Seattle?
1: No. I just pretended like I was. You're going to have to kick me out like I owned it. That's how I was. I was just
0: renting, and so I was just not going to leave. So you couldn't do stand-up? You didn't have no friends around? Nope. So you just sat there with your delusional self. That's right. But you've been but at that time once the once the 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 lie got shattered did did that humble you to the point where you, did you actually take put things into perspective then or you just saw it as a as a road a little road bump there? Like did the delusion continue or were you fucking done? Um no, I had to find somebody to marry me first. <laughs> So that was the next plan? Yeah, that was the next plan. So you get kicked out of the apartment.
1: Yeah, and meet a girl in Phoenix. uh,
0: At the last laugh. At the last laugh. You're headlining. No, I was middling. Oh, you're middling? Yeah. For who? Derek Cameron. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, no, I remember that guy. Yeah. 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 All right, so
1: you're middling, and what happens? Uh, he and I go out. I'm just too wrecked to go out at all, but he makes me. So we go to this nightclub, Bobby McGee's, mm-hmm. and then I see this girl walk by. She was just beautiful. I yeah. didn't know what ethnic ethnic mix she was, but she was, whew. Yeah. So uh, I pretended like I was shy, you Yeah. Know, put some of my old man's moves on her and got her.
0: What is that? What would that be? Uh, Give me some pimp moves. Maybe I could use them sometime. You can't. No? No, it's an inherent thing. you got to have it or you don't.
1: I can't give you anything. you any learned it. What do you mean it's an inherent thing? Inherent thing. It's, it's genetics. I learned how to do this from him. But
0: if I tell you to tell you
1: to do stuff that he told me to do, you would...
0: Dude, I got the Iceberg Swim book. I can go look this shit up.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you go right ahead. <laughs> Did you ever think that maybe you could be a pimp? I know
1: I could. I know I could, but...
0: You choose not to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who tried to be a pimp, Keith Robinson. He's got the funniest stories about that. Keith Robinson tried to be a pimp. Uh huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you got to talk to him about that. I will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will. I see. He thought
0: he was. It's very funny. They, huh. <laughs> they got the best of him. He just didn't. He couldn't. He couldn't manage it. He ended up being a, the the hooker's bitch. Is what he ended up. Is there? Being. He, could, he didn't quite have the the upper hand yeah. in the situation. Is what what I recall. But, uh, all right, so you get this girl. <laughs> so get the girl.
1: And uh, and at the time, she was, uh, I knew she, when I found out she was a single mom, then that would really help me get where I wanted to go with her. Uh,
0: this was it, huh? This yeah. was
1: plan B. This was plan B, was that if I had somebody that I was legally bound to help me get out of my horse shit, I'd be okay.
0: So I, I, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I married somebody. That would make me normal. Yeah. That would get me on the level. Mm-hmm. So, I, so she, how, old, how old was the kid? The uh, Kid was five. All right. And the, the old man was nowhere around? No, nope, he was gone. Okay, so you meet her. Yeah. How long did it take you to. to four sh- months. To get in there? Four months. We
1: were in four months from meeting. Four months after we met, we were married. Did you move to Phoenix? I moved to Phoenix. Uh huh. And then we moved to LA. Uh huh. Sherman Oaks. And then four months
0: after the marriage, it was done. So eight months? Yeah. So you met her? Mm hmm. Four months later, you married her? Yep. Four months later? Done. Uh huh. Yep. So I guess you're not in touch with that kid anymore. <laughs> you
1: never- <laughs> she, you know what? Actually, I reconciled with her and the little girl too. So yeah, we're good. Yeah, I made peace with all that stuff.
0: All right. Well, let's let's figure out just how big of an amends that had to be. Okay. So how that shit hit the fan?
1: Um, I told her uh ninety eight percent of the truth. Uh huh. Um, but she's very fancy and very 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 good looking. But she was time. Israeli. She was her mom. Her, her parents were Israeli Jews.
0: Jewish girl. Yeah, yeah. So you got an Israeli yeah, Jew. Yeah. That is the hardest, most uh, aggressive type of Jew. Uh-huh. But not in a in a mental sense, but in a physically daunting... Tough, strong, you know. Could kick your ass, probably? She was. She threw some good rights at me. She hit did me a couple, she? come hit me a couple good times. Oh, you did that whole thing? Oh, yeah. So when did it start to go bad? So you get married, would you rent a house? No, we had an apartment over there in Sherman Oaks. Yeah? Yeah, and so we got an apartment,
1: and then... uh uh, the only thing I didn't tell her was I told her all the, the shit I did in Seattle and mm-hmm. my upbringing and stuff, but I did tell her that uh, I had Rick Greenstein as an
0: agent. You, so you kept that one going.
1: I had to keep that one going, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew if I was in L.A., I would eventually run into him, and uh-huh. then he'd see me work with my 27 minutes, and then that would be it. So
0: you but still held on to this Rick Greenstein thing? A
1: little bit, yeah, held on a little
0: too have long. You, have you talked to Rick about this? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> yes i did <laughs> where montreal or you know exactly it was at montreal uh-huh yeah and how'd that conversation
1: go i heard carlos Mencia go hey greenstein and i go oh are you at greenstein he goes yeah I, go, I got a story for you and he goes <laughs> he had uh, no idea who you were no idea yeah he goes does it involve me i go of course it does. i wouldn't say it if it didn't he goes all right he goes i'll find you later so he meets me at the 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 bar where everybody congregates at
0: mm-hmm.
1: so he goes oh let's hear the story so I told him, I wrote this letter, and then I saw his face kind of blank in his mouth. He goes, I remember that letter. I go, he did? Yeah. He said, I remember that letter. I go, yeah, you didn't do anything about it. He goes, oh. So I told him, you know, it was a turning point, disaster, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, uh, well, how'd it go now? I go, I'm here now, so I'm doing good.
0: He's huge. Mm-hmm. He's a huge booking agent. He's a nice guy. I've known him for a million years. Come mm-hmm. from uh, Great Neck like his family's from great neck i met with him when i was uh, actually looking for for agents i think he does he does Chappelle. he does a lot of people big guys man, yeah but he's it. been around for a long time i yeah. remember him when he was a kid it's weird when you're in this business and you keep seeing the dudes around yeah and uh and then finally it's like oh fuck yeah of course you know wow all right so so he remembered the letter yeah and you told him the whole fucking thing told him the whole thing did he laugh
1: he, he it wasn't a real laugh it oh. was a it was a laugh with the eyes wide open, like keep your eyes on that
0: guy laugh. Oh and, really? Yeah. How recently was this? This was the first time in Montreal, so that was ninety eight, man. Oh my God. Mm hmm all right so okay let's go back to the story so you kept the rick greenstein lie alive for your new bride and her daughter because you want to make sure that she thinks you're going to bring some shit in exactly right yeah and and then what what when does the first turn of the screw when does it start to go bad for daryl lennox in this situation uh
1: it wasn't bad it just turned out that way but one day her brother was in town visiting from israel from new mexico
0: Oh, really? hmm
1: She was telling, her brother was trying to do some acting, and so Jill was telling how hard it is, and, you know, Daryl has one of the big agents, and, I mean, things just, you know, <laughs> are just really slow. Yeah. And so then I could see her face change, and she goes, can I talk to you in a bedroom, please? So we go into the room, and she closes, she goes, you don't have an agent, do you? And I was like, no. Uh, no. Yeah. So she figured it out. Yeah. So I thought, I, I thought that was the last hurdle, that I would be okay, because once all the shit was out, I could really yeah relax get and, honest and, and put it on the table and, there yeah do it uh-huh. It's too uh-huh too much damage for
0: uh-huh too much damage but what so where's the drama when does the drama start
1: um she just said i don't respect you i don't i don't you know, i don't love you you know you're just a liar and and stuff so i tried to fight for her for a while and then um we went uh to christmas for new year's eve christmas and new year's eve and i was back in phoenix and then the earthquake hit the earthquake hit. Uh, I was doing my own amends anyway, and so I made a phone call to an ex-girlfriend to apologize to her and all the other ones. And What's I this
0: got to do with the earthquake? Well,
1: in a second, the earthquake hit, and so she went through the old phone fa- the phone bill and saw that I'd made a phone call to this ex-girlfriend, and she assumed that I was calling this girl to try to hook something up. Mm-hmm. And so she said, why'd you call that girl? I said, I was apologizing. She goes, I don't believe you. You're a fucking liar. You don't have a place to come home to. And that was it. And this
0: was it. So you were kicked out of your
1: Sherman Oaks apartment. Kicked out of Sherman Oaks apartment from the road, and then I came back to tell my second evening at the Improv. And uh, she said, "Come over." I was across, staying at her friend's place across the street. Her friend's house. My friend. Okay. And she said, "Come over and figure out this phone bill because you're going to pay it." So I go over there, and she's telling me, "I'm in love with somebody else now." And uh, and I said, "Good." And then uh, I wouldn't react to her, and so she threw some scissors at my head. And then they start punching me. And I was like, well, I'm just leaving. She goes, well, I'm going to kill you tonight. So she told everybody that she's going to kill me.
0: And did uh, so that didn't happen? No, didn't happen. You left and she was going to come kill you? She was going to have somebody kill me at the evening at the improv. Really? Yeah. So she, she she said she, she's got friends. She, you're gonna
1: die tonight. They're gonna I'm gonna kill you at the end of the improv. So. so that was
0: that must have been a hell of a set. There's A lot in the balance here. Was gonna be that your last set.
1: One of the best ones I've done. So <laughs> of course you know Bud and all those guys over there like, yeah. oh Daryl, this is a big game. <laughs> this is this is it for you tonight, huh? So they're making jokes about it. But uh, you know, I just did the set.
0: So you were in with Bud by then? I mean, like everything was cool. No, I no? mean
1: I'd only met him two times. Mm-hmm.
0: But you told them you were going to be assassinated?
1: No, she called the damn club and told everybody oh, she was going to come.
0: They, oh, shit. Yep. So they came up to you before and said, we yeah. got a phone call? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And you know, my manager at the time was Jack Mondras. Remember that fucker? Jack Mondras. Jack Mondras.
0: Bill Hicks' manager. Yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. And Jack
1: Mondras was my manager. Uh-huh. So he dumped me that night before the show. <laughs> when he heard that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is too much for me. I can't deal with it.
0: What happened to him? I don't know. All right, so now we're talking, Daryl. I mean, you know, it, it, now, it seems like this this wall, this bottom you hit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's what, what are we looking at, 1992? 1993. 1993. <clears throat> yeah. You're, you, you were thrown out of Seattle, and
1: then... Uh, Ran you, out of Seattle in 92, married to Jill in 93 and then uh, and then you, yeah, Jack Madras fired you yep This is so that was all January of
0: 94 and, and Bud, 94 the, Bud uh, probably was not that comfortable with the situation but he probably thought it was funny yeah they all did yeah and then uh, so, so what happens then because I met you in fucking like what the fuck have you been doing that's how I got to Canada
1: I had no place to go so that's where I went and then I started all over and what I did was it was very therapeutic so it's a great piece of advice Jill gave me uh, and I took it she said you know you need to grow up everything you do is a lie and you're half a man and you need to get through the bottom of your shit so I did so I called everybody I would hurt and hadn't been hurt by and apologized and then uh call my mom did every I just I went through everybody just crying in a phone booth in Seattle sobbing crying, crying crying After I left la I went to Seattle
0: with a bag of quarters or a stolen credit just a, a, card. a legitimate credit <laughs> okay, card a legitimate credit card <laughs> 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 <You>
1: asshole, <Eric>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was it and then uh, and then I called one club and they said you know come on up uh they're Vancouver you got one week of work here so I did and the guy let me stay there
0: and that was it did you get citizenship
1: nope you
0: just you just, just,
1: just moved in i just moved and stayed there in the basement of this guy's club what, which club was that it was the comedy cave in surrey bc i doubt you did it
0: no I, i've only been up there for the festival and canada's relatively new to me you know, outside of montreal I've, I've done a lot of work up there since and that's how you became sort of a canadian comic i got to start
1: every single day mark i was uh, new no, I didn't have to lie to anybody or hustle to anybody. I just started my whole life over, and I apologize and everybody was going to be mad at me, but that was it. What
0: were the hardest apologies for you? Uh,
1: um, there's this kid whose name I'm not going to say, but uh, I took some money from him that I shouldn't have uh, with no full intention of giving it back. Uh, that was really hard. Cause Comedian? Was yeah, not anymore. Yeah. Uh, that was really hard. Did you give him his money back? He wouldn't take it. Mm. He wouldn't take it. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So that was probably the hardest one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Your relationship with your mother, was that strained? Or was it, you know, you, she didn't know what was going on, right? She understood it. Yeah. Uh, she understood. She said, you know,
1: I understand what you're trying to do, but don't be a martyr. You made mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and she said, I did the best I could. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, what do you want me to do? I did the best I could.
0: Right. Yeah. So, oh, that's nice. That's pretty practical advice. Now yeah. get on with it, basically. Yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah. <laughs> How many sisters do you have? Four. No brothers. No brothers. <laughs> Are you in touch with them all you, yeah we're all very close yeah
1: yeah well that's good they still in vegas uh one's in uh north carolina the rest are in vegas i'm going to north carolina in a couple of weeks uh, no good nights
0: yeah you
1: good. down there you work down there i've been trying to get in that club for years i think with the special hopefully it'll help me
0: in the special when did when did you tape it
1: um mm. october 2nd 2010
0: yeah you yeah. happy with it
1: i'm very happy with it man
0: yeah it's what's yeah. it on showtime stars stars yeah that's good. Yeah, it is That's cool. that dude over there, Chris Albrecht's over there right. from HBO. Yeah. they don't Have they been doing a lot of specials? You're one of the only ones? There. Only one. Really? Yeah. That's exciting, That's man. That's very cool. So, all right. So, you go to Canada. Now, I have to assume that, you know, uh, uh, a black man in Canada mm-hmm. doing stand-up, yeah. they're like, great, we have one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this guy working. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was on most of the promos they had. Oh, <laughs>
0: we finally got one candidate (laughs) what it must have been a little truth to that yeah yeah and did you do what'd you do the breslin shit and
1: yeah i it took a while to get into breslin stuff but i did uh just crazy weird horrible independent stuff
0: in like saskatchewan saskatchewan
1: and northern everything northern Everything, nothing.
0: Well, what was the experience? There? You're, you're, an, you know, like a an American mm-hmm. dude. Yep. You're a black dude, yep. and you're going into the whitest part of the world in a way. And none of the white tricks
1: work. No, no. Which means what? What are the whites? So two? you know, as a brother, you, they try to give you some some sympathy, courtesy, you know, because you're black. Laugh stuff. You can say anything as a black comic American. You can get them to laugh about just about anything, with a little hint of racial, right? A little like little juice, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, white people, this, you know, yeah, yeah, make, anything, yeah. and right. they laugh. But oh, that's, that's not me, your bag.
1: That's not my bag. Yeah, uh, they just they just don't do that in, yeah. in Canada. It's a different culture. Right. So I had to learn how to talk about what was in the moment and and not having any race base behind it
0: because there's not that history of guilt right like you, you know the the i imagine the white audience is by and large the reason why they get relief from that is they're carrying this weird burden of their own repressed maybe not so repressed racism so they got to fucking you know they want that alleviated right they want to be spoken to right they want to be tapped on the wrist a bit. <laughs> I, guess. <laughs> I guess. But in Canada, there's none of that there baggage. None
1: of that. So it wouldn't. It didn't. None of the jokes would make any sense. And so my Dan Quayle jokes didn't. Nothing flew. So <laughs> I just turn all over, man. <laughs> Going to the deep south, and they eat everything in the south. And yeah, one tastes like chicken. They yeah. would just stare at me up there
0: with nothing, that stuff. Nothing. Nothing. Got yeah. no no point of reference. Nothing. So that's weird. So you had to sort of define. Your sensibility without the cultural baggage exactly. of, a, of that American black thing. Yeah. Worked out, though, huh?
1: Yeah. I learned how to do it the right way, I think.
0: Yeah. And how long did you like knock around up there? Um, when did you come back here, dude? I got kicked out in 2005. Oh, because of... Uh, Paperwork stuff. Yeah, they're, they're a little tough about that what you you had over over your welcome
1: they changed the paperwork laws so you didn't you didn't have to have work permits uh that changed in about 2003 but nobody knew how to do that right so uh they told me i was working there illegally and uh kicked me out and where'd you go um here to la for uh, a little while and then i moved to new york so you came back here just to give it another shot or
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) what happened that time
1: uh, I was confident in my skills, then. You know, I was confident in my skills, and so um, I'd done the Montreal festival. So, you know, Bud started to give me some spots, and, uh, and uh,
0: down at uh, um, on Melrose. Melrose, yeah, yeah.
1: And then he just it wasn't enough. I met my I met my girl, man, and so she came out here. And I then, met
0: her, right? Yeah, you yeah, met. She's nice, yeah, yeah.
1: And so I asked her where would she be more comfortable living, in New York or L.A. And She said New York, it's close to her family, her friends are there. And I go, all right,
0: let's go to New York. Now you married? Yeah, four years now. You got kids? No kids. Going to do that? I don't think so. Really? Mm-hmm. She ain't busting your balls about it?
1: No, she's just uh, just as uh, ambitious in her career thing as I am. She's a singer songwriter. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the kid things will, huh? A little yeah. tricky.
1: That's worrisome for you, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I've been married twice. I'm almost fifty. Yeah. And now I'm with a girl that wants him, and it's you know I'm on the I'm on the hot seat, buddy. <sighs> A lot of things going on. Yeah, you guys know, don't want me to be too old. Yeah. If we're gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a little problematic right now. So when in New York, so you what you're basically a touring headliner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in New York you work uh which clubs are you primarily doing there? Um
1: when I do decide to go out, uh I always Strip. Go ham Hannibal's joint
0: and then stand up's always been pretty good. Hannibal's out in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah, you guys buddy? Yeah. He's a good cat. He's a good dude. He seems to be blowing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he take you with him? Why doesn't he take you with him? Uh <laughs> what do you mean why does he take me with me? What I wouldn't go anyway. I want to do it myself. Oh, okay, all right. I don't know. Sometimes it's a good gig. you understand that? Yeah, dude, I do I, I I would do the exact same thing you do.
1: I know. <laughs> listen. I've been listening and following you forever, dude. (laughs) I'm a fucking headliner. Forever. Uh, I'm not going to go open for some punk. Do you understand what you did with this? Is that you gave all the guys who wanted to do it in the quote unquote the right way uh, a viable option. A feel the dreams dude for us <laughs> really yeah i'm i'm not kidding man there's a bunch of guys that we all thought this is how you're supposed to do it you know you work the craft and you work on your game you do all these sorts of things and then after a while they changed the rules yeah and and you don't know what to do you're just walking around with skills and talent and you don't know what to do <laughs> and
0: they're offering you fifteen hundred dollars for yeah. a week yeah and you know <laughs> and you
1: so go, when you did this man the podcast. Yeah, yeah when you made the podcast happen then we all thought okay all right, now there actually is a, an out of this thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hope I helped. That's yeah, very it's nice true. to hear.
0: Well, you know, it, it's like it, it, it was weird because the intentions of it, you, you know, I didn't have any clarity around why I was doing it, other than like you know, I wasn't, I wasn't just going to fade away, right? And then you know, when I started to realize that there were a lot of guys like you know, like me and you, and, and a lot of unsung heroes out there, and when, and when I started talking to them. Uh, it, it became like, it almost became a way for comics to catch up with each other. Yeah, Like, you know, they'll listen to this show and I'm like, yeah, I hadn't seen him in like 20 years <laughs> and right. hey, I guess he's doing alright, I heard him on your show, like, we don't get to see each other or talk to each other, but you know, when I talk to people and people listen to it, it feels like we're all talking, you yeah. know, and it's just that that kind of communication. I had no idea it would do anything for my stand-up, I just, I just needed to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, in working towards a special, I mean, you're talking like you know, a good twenty years of shit. Yeah. And you know, and what you know, what what do you what do you primarily? Uh, well, you don't have to do any bits, but how did the whole thing e- e- evolve for you? Your comedy style. I mean, if you're going from Dan Quayle jokes to doing Canadian material, you know, what's the focus of your shit? Uh,
1: the the surgeries I had the surgeries, and there was one particular moment in the surgery where the uh, the ophthalmologist had to use a, a needle and thread to sew an implant in my eye oh god and um, it was a lot of pressure leading up to it and uh, I had convinced myself that uh, you know I only have one eye and it was really going bad and I was very frustrated with the way the business was turning and I just didn't feel like I had enough strength uh, and my stepdad had passed away too and it looked like a pretty goddamn good way he didn't look he didn't look stressed or frustrated or any of that stuff anymore and i thought that doesn't look as bad as everybody th- says it does what the dying the dying yeah yeah just didn't yeah and so i convinced myself that the surgery which yeah. was risky didn't work out and then i would check out yeah so i decided to go to vancouver the place i was most happiest at and do the surgery and if it didn't work out then i was going to be fine with it
0: you were just uh, going to yeah. end it yeah yeah i know that feeling yeah. that's where i was when i started the podcast okay well <laughs> <laughs> it's because that's the fucked up thing about what we do is that especially if you're proud yeah in uh, is that you know you get to a certain point where and you took some serious hits you know you mm-hmm. did, you'd be exiled from a community because mm-hmm. of your bullshit yeah. and you know and, and you, you made a lot of you know detours and, and bad choices and you make up for all that but still you know you got 20 years 25 years in this thing And you start to think, well, what the fuck am I going to do? And then you start to picture those options, and you're like, I ain't fucking doing that. How do I go to a job? What are you going to be the guy that's like, yeah, I was on evening at the improv. How do you live with that? It's a personal shame. I mean, most other human beings, you know, if they got to change a career, all right, Mm. they'll fucking you know bite the bullet. But there's something about not having kids, not having baggage, being your own guy that when you're up against that wall, all you're dealing with is you and your fucking pride. That that's that's the equation. It's you versus your pride, and then you have that moment where you're like, you know, I feel so good just to think I can just check out. But I wonder, you know, and I wondered this about myself too. I wondered about you. I mean, would you ever really do that? I mean, I don't know that. Like, you know, it's a very dramatic, and and if your brain works that way, it works that way, and you find some relief in that. That you know, like I could just you know kill myself. You know, it's 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 a it's a relieving thought. You know what I mean? But I don't know if it came right down to it I mean fortunately I you know things turned around for us but I mean do you really think, <laughs> I mean it's a it's a good thing to say but do you yeah. really think you would have done it?
1: Um, You know what uh, I obviously I look back at it now and say no I wouldn't have but at the time it was so scary and then I was the frustration levels were so high and the thing that I had always thought could get me through was my belief in myself and my skills but when those weren't
0: answering the bell right 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 it's like you know i'm ready where you know put you know put me in the game coach what do you well <laughs> i mean for you i don't know what else there is to do yeah, now yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. i just don't know what else to do now yeah yeah and, and playing balls out <laughs> and and so now if you decide to take away this one extra eye and now i'm totally blind and i have skills that nobody seems to think are are, are, are worth anything and i'm never going to see this person that i'm in love with again and you know, I got to depend on every single fucking person in my life to get me around. I just don't think I could live like that. So I didn't think that I could. So if, if if the enormity that I was feeling at that time, if I had that light had went out when he was working on my eye and he told me this is never going to happen again. I really don't think I could have did it, man. I just yeah. don't. I, yeah. I've overcome too much. I don't think I didn't think I was strong enough to do that.
0: To To be blind. And unemployable. Yeah, I get. It. I, I definitely was not there, but uh, I, I can understand it. And so, and so, what turned it around? You you didn't lose your eye. Nope
1: the and, guy working that hard i mean it's supposed to be a, t- a 10 minute procedure but yeah. he had to just not use uh the laser beam use the laser the needle and thread and he was grunting he was working so hard and he <sighs> told me that this is just gonna hurt and i'm sorry and it became a catchphrase for me un- un- unintentionally but what uh, this is just gonna hurt and i'm sorry <laughs> that's what he said this is just gonna hurt and i'm sorry i mean it was it was hurting too he wasn't lying to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so you were, you were not under full anesthetic. No, right? Well,
1: he asked if I wanted to be unconscious, and I said no because I just wanted to see. I didn't want to wake up and never see anything for the rest of
0: my life. So Uh-oh. you want if you were going to lose it, you wanted to see to the very I end. I
1: want to see that light go out. So oh my god. Uh, so
0: so you you know, he had your
1: eye open, open, and he just stitched one, pearl two, and I'm staring up into that light and listening to him grunt. And he took a break, and then they came back and got back in there, and then he was done. And then uh, I sat up, and uh, I looked down, and I could see my my fucking shoelaces. And I'd never seen anything that clear in my life. And it just blew me away. And then I realized that I hadn't done anything. I hadn't done anything that would even warrant killing myself. I mean, I'm not even in the game yet. And so I said, have I worked as hard on my life and my career the way that guy just did on my eye? And I said no. So then that was it. And I went back and let go of Lou. Uh, manager and I just I stopped chasing letterman I'm like I'm gonna do this by myself I'm gonna work on this thing as hard as I can by myself and then everything changed I got different management and and I wanted to tell that story on stage and uh, we put everything together and and got the funding for the thing from some friends and uh, that was it blind ambition
0: Wow who would have known that shoelaces (laughs) Would he, yeah <laughs> that, that would, would have that kind of impact yeah. in that moment. Yeah. So this is actually the the show is a themed show. It's a one hour piece. Yeah. More than just stand up. Right. It's a it's a movement through this uh, this journey. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, I'm glad it worked out. Me too. So now, in terms of uh, y- you know, is any part of your life um you know because this is one of those things this is one of those type of, of performances one of those type of specials that have a, a great deal of uh of uh, impact on people struggling with uh with with some similar struggles mm. and um and you know I know that it, it's just it, it's just sort of interesting to me that you know for somebody who who put a lot of stock in uh in those type of uh the the type of of uh, leadership that that people who do positive thinking and 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 do uh motivational type of stuff that was part of your earlier life mm-hmm. are you finding that when you do shows that it's having that type of effect on people
1: yeah it's the first man dude you ask good questions <laughs> um it's the first time that i ever felt like this is what i was supposed to be doing oh that's and fucking so, great to have people come up you know san Francisco is at like Cobbs and uh this guy comes up to me in a wheelchair, and he says, uh, that stuff you talk about, suicide, he goes, I think about it every day. I go, how long? He goes, I've been in a wheelchair for seven years. I think about it every single day. And he goes, to hear you talk about what you did, it just you know, give him some hope. And that's better than, you know, Dan Quayle and chicken moose butt jerky stuff But. It- <laughs> I mean it's it's like what somebody's been doing it twenty two fucking years is supposed to have the impact on it, right? Yeah. My life is supposed to have some impact.
0: So some, some something relevant. Something, yeah. 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 That your your experience as a shared experience right. can you know, can make other people feel less alone and right. feel like there's hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean shit. Yeah. I mean it's it's different than just being an entertainer. So you so you're getting a little bit of that kind of feedback. Yeah, yeah. Getting a lot of that stuff, man. It's good. Are you? Are, is there a community? Are you active in any sort of community around this stuff?
1: Uh, you know, I'm part of this Third World Eye Care Society. What is that? Where, you know, a bunch of Third World people don't have eyeglasses and contact lenses, so if you got some old eyeglasses, you bring them to me and we'll ship them out to Third World places.
0: Well, I mean, that that's fucking moving shit, man. And you getting feedback? Getting good feedback. CD yeah. is
1: good, man. Yeah?
0: Got for the top one of the top five albums of the year, man. Thank you,
1: brother. I'm
0: fucking proud of you, man. We almost (laughs) lost you. We almost almost lost Daryl by his own hand. Thank God for those shoelaces being clear. (laughs) (laughs) We would have been denied the journey. And everything's good with the with the with the lady.
1: Yes, uh, of course, uh, because uh, my faux attempt to be uh, setting you up on a love connection, I've gotten asked repeatedly what happened on that date that I set you up on.
0: I don't know what happened. I, I think that um, you know, I I, mean, I don't think I was ready to to be doing the the dating thing. Yeah. Number one, I was a little confused by. And I wasn't confused, but it was sort of like. Like I think it was one of those decisions where it's like I know that I can't, you know, really follow through with this thing. So right. am I just gonna, you know, sleep with Daryl's friend and yeah. then have that thing? Y- Which
1: y- was the end result. That's all she wanted anyway. She was so
0: mesmerized
1: by your ass on stage. She was like, "I want
0: him." I blew it. Yeah, you, know, well. <laughs> yeah, you, well. you know, sometimes you just uh, no. She was uh, she was great. I mean, she was she was nice, a little kooky, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh But but yeah, I yeah, just. Uh, I just hit a wall with some shit, and I'm trying to think if there was other extenuating extenuating circumstances that that maybe would have stopped me from doing that. You know, like uh, I don't know who if I was dating somebody or I wasn't, but I know that time period. You know, for those few years after the divorce or after the separation, it was just a fucking. I was I was not uh, in the right state. But Mm -hmm. all right, so yeah, I should have fucked her.
1: Yeah, sure. (laughs) You had a freebie, man. That was 07. I've, Where were I've, you at? You were doing all the divorce stuff on stage in yeah, 07. Yeah, yeah, that was real that appealing shit. Awesome, shit.
0: dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to put that to rest. You, you know, you keep doing that for too many years. People are like, hey, isn't he over this shit? I mean, how long does this go on for? I mean, he's going to have to let some of this shit go. You were
1: missing clues, though. Good-looking chicks were bringing you cookies after you unearthed your soul on stage all
0: the time. Yeah, well, I always do that, and I get a lot of cookies. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, things started to, all that hate kind of you know that bitterness that anger boy you know when your heart gets hard boy you're just gonna have to yeah you know, that i mean i imagine that's a similar thing you know when when you were making those amends it's like you know you got a certain choice in your life am i gonna hold on to this shit right but that's a real choice or mm-hmm. am i gonna let the grief start am i
1: gonna live my life every day just mad <laughs> and not work on it. I'm just gonna walk around and be mad. Yeah. I just don't want to live like that. Yeah,
0: you know yeah. those guys. Yeah. It doesn't you know, they, and they, and then it's not mad about eventually it's not mad about one thing. Mm-hmm. It's just mad. Yeah. And and they lose sight of what whatever the hell it was that broke their fucking heart. Yeah. You know, and they, they never look at it quite that way. They no. you know, they always look you know, people it's always a broken heart. Mm-hmm. You know, one way or the other. But you know, you can turn that into like, I got fucked. They fucked me. It's like no, you you got your heart broken, yeah. Like every fucking person does, and either you're just, gonna, you know, either you're gonna cry about it and let it go, or you're gonna take it out on the world. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, I think yeah. we did all right. Yeah, we did all right. Thanks, Daryl. Hey, man, thank you very much, Mark.
0: All right, that's our show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. I really like Daryl's story. It's an intense, heavy thing, and he's a He's a good cat. I like it when people get their heart in the right place when it's been in the wrong place. You can see how that would appeal to me. God knows I'm working on that every day. Go to WTFPod.com. Do what you got to do. Get the uh, premium app. People are loving it. Pick up the uh, you know the newsletter. Get on the mailing list. Leave some comments. I don't know why, for some reason, the, there are so many douchebags on my comment page, but um, there's nothing you can do. There are all kinds of trolls everywhere, and again, I'll mention the patent troll problem. Please go to eff.org/shield to support the Shield Act and get that into law. It's the first step in protecting the little guy from this horrible predatory business that is patent trolling. What else can I tell you? Portland tonight, Seattle tomorrow. The book's coming along. It's almost done. It's almost out of the gate. I got dates coming up in uh, Milwaukee, San Francisco, uh, where else? Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Can do some LA dates. Just trying to set up some New York dates and Toronto dates. But look, stay in touch with me. All right. You know, look at the calendar right there at WTFPod.com. And all right, all right. This uh, I got to go. Boomer lives.